looking at the number one California, here we come Right back where we started from Hustlers, grab your guns, your shadow is a ton Driving down the 101 California, here we come Right back where we started from California Welcome to the OCD Bitch, the show where we take an in-depth episode by episode look at the seminal and underrated primetime soap opera of the early aughts, the OC. I'm your host for the evening, Mike Gravano, and with me, as always, is Ryan. I can't, like, what? <laughs> how, what is there possibly left to talk about? About like Not even the episode of the showdown, but just, we've also, like, we've emptied out every way to talk about just the word in general. Mm-hmm. Showdown, show, down, down show, what down periscope. We've done forty five showdown. We've done forty five minutes on the film Down Periscope with Kelsey Grammer. Were you a big Down Periscope kid as a kid? Yeah. No, it was my entire brand. I had Down Periscope themed birthday parties. Uh, I had every action figure. Was it a parody? A straight parody? Like was it as Airplane was to those disaster films? No, it was in this weird, weird place between Airplane and then like just a typical a comedy. comedy that like moms like. It was a little spoofy, a little broad, but and regardless of what style of comedy, um, horribly unfunny. Just like not a single joke was actually funny. Is it? Is it Kelsey Grammer? It feels like his whole entire. I'm sorry, Grammer. Grammer. Uh, That's how you traditionally say it. <laughs> Kelsey Grammer from the from the Winchester Grammers. Uh, it feels like his whole career has been trying to figure out who he should be. And yeah, and he keeps uh, every time he feels a little too like snobby, he'll go broad. Every time he feels like he's going, and he just keeps going back and forth with that. Was I was boss his actual where he should have leaned, but it just didn't pick up. I I'm pretty sure it's pronounced boss baby, and that was Alec Baldwin. You don't remember when he was like a Chicago mayor? I do, motherfucker. I've seen every single episode. I think only, or is this one of those things where only you and me remember this? Um, he also his assistant, and that is going to be Sandy Cohen's. And I, I'm so sorry to bring up something How like that right dare now. You. But he's going to be Sandy Cohen's uh, assistant very soon. And they were basically the same character, just like handsome, power broker, thug, idiot who stays up late and does a lot of cocaine. That's not Sandy Cohen. Wait, is this- Sandy's character change? No, the, the same boss's assistant and Sandy Cohen's assistant are played by the same guy. Gotcha. You said they're basically the same. Does she also try to blow Sandy in the middle of the mayoral like amphitheater? That's all I remember from that show. It's a boy, and yes. Then we're thinking of different people. Probably your fault, not mine. As you intimated, this is the showdown part three. This is we didn't know that this was gonna be uh, like the episode of the Chris McCut, that it would just take three episodes of the OCD to get through. But this episode is heavy as shit. Yeah, I mean, I think we can learn some lessons, right? Like, there is a cost. There is a cost to the amount of times we talk about Down Periscope or the amount of minutes we dedicate <laughs> to the old witch from Prince of Thieves. Like, <laughs> I, you just think that... We just think that we're having fun, but in reality, we're making it so we have to record extra episodes of podcasts, God damn it. That's in this trying times. That's what everybody wants, though. So I think I'm fine with it until I'm told otherwise. Everybody loves it. But the thing is, is that it's not like the, then all three parts of the showdown for the OCD are coming out in one week. No, nope. all it's doing is pushing every episode back a week, yep. which means we could live the dream of cover every single episode of the OC with never finishing. You know, once every episode of season three of the OC will be eight episodes of the OCD. <laughs> Season four. I mean, we're, we're going to spend 100 episodes just on the first episode of season four. There's definitely four. A, a term in math for that, that, where the limit does not exist. 
I love diminishing returns, I would say. <laughs> Probably. So if you do want to hear about the war of Seth and Zach over summer or uh, the beginnings of everybody else's issue, that's the only one we're not talking about. This is that the, the trivialness of their little kitty games is gone. Tonight we're going to get into the down and dirty uh, Ryan and Marissa, even though that still won't come to full fruition. Not our fault this time. Uh, Sandy and Kirsten and uh, Julie and Cow. And I think that's where I would like to start, Ryan. We're going to take a quick break and we come back. Let's dive in to figure out what's going on with those two crazy old people. Ryan, uh, the last we left Julie and Cal, they were planning to meet for dinner to talk about their relationship. How are they going to go forth? And Julie shows up at the restaurant and uh, normally a waiter serves you food there, but instead, girl gets served. With papers. 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 Yes. Um, still one of the most interesting, mystifying jobs to me. This person doesn't do the whole trickster thing. No. Which I thought was definitely a part of the job is that you had to sort of be like this mischievous asshole when you uh, UPS serve someone. delivery. <laughs> just, uh, just a dash of Mr. Mixel split licks <laughs> as this paper server. But this person's just basically a mailman. You're like, yeah. here you go. I, have, I had a package. They, somebody wanted you to have it, and now you have it, and bye-bye. And then she flew into space, which that, I guess that part was weird. And Cal is a little funny with how he set it up. Uh, like, I'm going to meet you, blah, blah, blah. But just the biggest coward move. Just what a dick. And then, like, this this episode, the showdown, and next week's episode, if if you didn't get that Cal was the biggest coward on the show before these two episodes, this one-two punch definitely shows he is. I think another thing that we're seeing, too, is that Cal, it's very hard for Cal to be empathetic, Mm-hmm. Um, really any human emotion it's hard but he sort of knows it and he struggles with it he tries to care about Kirsten right <laughs> um, tries to care about his grandson um, not Ryan oh, he's but not anymore <laughs> but Seth um, but he fails but he tries but when he finally decides that he's done with you when he has cut the cord in his brain that's fucking it and he just yeah. becomes a monster he's an the accidental Grinch. monster before accidental oh when he's trying he's still yeah. an accidental monster and now he's yeah what if this litigious prick started doing all this stuff on purpose and it's not like i wouldn't say it's like classic comic book supervillain of like <laughs> like getting glee from it i just i don't think he sees the point of not doing it you know mm-hmm. to like uh say i'm sorry but this has to happen to have anything like that is a waste of time to him well because even he has swagger it seems like he revels in confrontation, but he actually wants to run from all of them. And if he cackled, it would force a bigger confrontation. If it said, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that forces a confrontation. So it is cold to get it over with as fast as possible so he can like cry in his old man undies uh, and drink a scotch that he almost had to deal with a person. Do you mean while he's wearing the undies or he no, takes them off and holds them? He's wiping his tears. Uh, a clean pair? Mm. He doesn't know how to do laundry, and he doesn't know the maid's number anymore, so probably not. You know what? Uh, it's fine if you don't know how to do laundry. Find something else to cry into then. Yeah, just cry into anything. Uh, I like to do it in the shower because then it just wipes away the tears right away. Right. I like you to do it. Know. I like to do it when I'm standing looking at the rain, and then some <laughs> people who are looking inside think that it's just raindrops on the window, but it's actually my tears. That guy's so sad from the rain. <laughs> Uh, Julie, who actually does revel in confrontation, goes and finds his ass, uh, and he lets her know that she's been monitored uh, to one degree or another since before they were married. He knows about her affair with Jimmy. He knows she hooked up with Luke. All this stuff that we just assumed he didn't know, he's known the whole time. 
he somebody uh stop him because somebody uh basically got him the OC season one and season two yeah. on DVD. He's at a couple points when he's addressing down Julie, he mentions things that are in the bonus features. <laughs> he's like, Josh Schwartz believed that he, he did a good job casting you. Yeah. He knows everything. And the crazy thing is that she, he knew, he knew about all those affairs and stayed with her. The yeah. one that pushed him over the edge is the one where nothing actually happened. Right. And that's the cow way. And just to rub some dirt in it, uh, he fires her. He yes. says, oh, by the way, you're also not working with the Newport group anymore. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know where we go from here for Julie Cooper. And she does always land on her feet. But basically, everything that she has done means that there is no alimony, right? There's no payout. Right. She doesn't get half of... She gets half of shit. Well, that's what next week really digs into. For now, she... yeah. How the fuck would you know? Lost in the sauce. I, I can read the future. You're not the only one who's watched this before. Uh, oh, yeah. She's lost in the sauce, and and that's the end of their chapter. Uh, flash over to Ryan. He is in the pool house calling somebody, uh, and he's saying, hey, Marissa hates me. Call me back. We find out he's been calling Trey. Uh, while he's looking for anybody to talk to at all, Sandy, his normal rock, comes into the pool house, and but he's looking for Kiki. She is missing. So he cannot help Ryan right now. And Ryan looks at him. He's like, is it okay if neither of us go to Sam's Seth's Comic book launch? Doesn't it? it this is a big deal. They, they, this teenage boy is launching a real ass comic book, and nobody in his life is actually going to support him. Well, the only people in his life who are there are people who want to wrap Hurt himself him. up in a curtain and drape him. Damn it, Mike! We said we weren't going to talk about it, but it's so dumb and cartoony. We had to get back to it. Um, yeah, and I get where I get where Ryan and Sandy are coming from, knowing everything about their story, like mm-hmm. I do. Like I'm privileged enough to do, then I understand. But. I bet Seth will be less understanding. Or Seth doesn't give a shit. Seth can't even tell if they're there or not. Yeah, he just knows bodies are there. Uh, I actually, I totally get where Sandy's coming from. His, his wife has a drinking problem and is missing. Uh, Ryan just <laughs> knows people are being a little weird to him. Like, yeah, I actually, guess that's true. <laughs> he is kind of full of shit. This is the Sethiest Ryan is. And like because of what it turns out to be, it feels okay. But given the knowledge he has, he's just like, somebody was sort of cold to me. I'm not doing anything now. Yeah, I guess it's hard to forget that we know that something's up. But Ryan yeah. does not know. No. Well, I mean, on the other hand, too, he just doesn't want to fucking go to a comic book yeah. launch. So like, Seth's going to read? <laughs> <laughs> read pictures. He's going to read pictures. So, yeah, I bet he's looking for any excuse not to go. Uh, somebody sneezed near me, I'm out. I can't. I can't go. Somebody sneezed near me. Uh, flash over to the... Cooper Nickel household. Marissa is at home. Uh, Trey sneaks in through the mansion. Like that place has to be a maze. So I assume there's 20 minutes of him just wandering door to door trying to find her bedroom. Yeah, I mean when we see him leave, he just he has to like go on the outside and then climb down like 30 flights of stairs. Some like sort of Queen of Hearts garden <laughs> on the way <laughs> past the pool. Uh, he sees he gets- a minotaur, knocks the minotaur to the ground. Tries to have sex with it. Minotaur fights him off. And he goes, I never meant to hurt you to the Minotaur, which is also what he just repeated to Marissa. Goes right to the shore and he's like, why do I keep doing this? I'm sorry, Minotaur. <laughs> he uh, he gets angry at Marissa for not wanting to talk to him. And uh, he's like, I, I, I didn't mean to hurt you. And I do, I love Marissa for so many reasons, but she's like, me? What about Ryan? Like, even what she's gone through, she's worried about Ryan. She's like, he's your brother and he loves you. And Trey gets so <laughs> snotty. He's like, I said I'm sorry. And I, the best response to, and more people should say, so what? What the fuck does your sorry mean? Yes. Yes. Like, what is, what is Marissa's responsibility here? 
What does Trey think it is? Like, mm-hmm. Trey wants absolute absolvement immediately right. of all things. And Trey, Trey's feeling a lot of pressure because he knows that his world only has so many more minutes left in it. You know, this is going to unravel, right? And so, much like Cal, I'm not even sure if he is sorry Mm-mm. to Marissa. I'm sorry that he did that to Marissa, but he's sorry that somebody might find out about it. Right. And, and he hopes they don't. And so I would please love you to swear an oath to me right now that you will never tell anyone. Swear to me. <laughs> when you're trying to get somebody on your side, it doesn't – don't do Christian Bale Batman at them. Nobody loves it. Or in your case, Pete Holmes Batman. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, Trey fights the Minotaur, leaves, uh, and Ryan rides his bike there and sees Trey leaving and looks very distraught. Yes, because now he's thinking – the one thing that he knows he's not supposed to be thinking, but you can't help it. You can't help it if you're you. You can't help it if you're Atwood. Trey and Marissa are having an affair, which is gross. He's in the OC. He's not in Riverside anymore. I'm dumb enough that if I saw that, I don't think that's what I would jump. I'm like, they're planning a surprise for me, and that's why they've both been avoiding me. Yes, this is why, as we've said before, that I'm closer to the Ryan and you're closer to the Seth. They're planning a surprise party for you. That is, if, if people who are normally normal with me uh, are suddenly a little shaky and I see them sneaking around, that is just what I assume. is like, I'm getting a party. <laughs> I was right once in my life when I was 15 and I've never let it go, even though I've been wrong a thousand times since. Yeah, see, I think that at that point you should say that was it then. That was the one and stop thinking it because no one else is ever going to throw you another damn birthday party. I need to take a break. Ryan, Sandy is driving all around Newport looking for Kirsten, which, as we all know, with cell phones is the best way to find somebody. Uh, Roll down the window, just scream people's <laughs> names. And it's a pretty, it's a, it's an uncommon name. Kirsten, who's heard of that? There's not a thousand Kirstens in Newport in one city. Puts up block. signs on, staple signs to like telephone poles. Have you seen this drunk noopsie? But it doesn't have a picture or any other information. <laughs> it's just a paper that says that. Ah, uh, Sandy, you're a moron. Uh, she is, so she's just at some bar, and it, it's a pretty, it looks like a hotel bar. There's not a lot of people in it, or maybe a restaurant bar. It's not like a, a fun bar. Uh, and she takes off her feather necklace where, where, where uh, Carter gave her. She's staring at it, and she, does, she orders a new drink but doesn't want to drink it. She's like, oh, man, I think I have fucked up. It's starting to hit her. <laughs> and then she starts driving home, and who knows how many she had, and she calls him on the phone, which is very dangerous. Yeah, supposed to be, uh, I mean, use a Bluetooth earpiece, please, if that even exists back then, or pull over to the side of the road. Kirsten, you're too damn drunk, okay? Well, yeah, drinking and driving is definitely dangerous, but... Uh, Good call. Being on the phone and driving is supposed to be uh, even more dangerous than drinking and driving, and they do not cancel each other out when you're doing both at once. <laughs> no, yeah, one makes you swerve left, one makes you swerve right, do them both at the Dead same time, right in the middle. Uh, and she reaches Sandy, so they're both driving around, and he's and he's like, I can tell by your slurs, uh, racial and verbal. Uh, you're drunk. Please pull over, and I will come get you. Just tell me where you are. And she drops her phone and goes for it, goes through a red light, and almost gets hit by an SUV, Ryan. Yeah, no. I mean, she's totally fine. That SUV absolutely did not hit her. But it's important to point out that she drops the phone into the middle compartment or whatever, and then... Like goes to look for it and then steps on the gas. You know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go faster to avoid danger while I find my phone. Well, that'll also help her find the phone faster. 
If yes. everything in the car is moving faster, <laughs> she can find the phone faster. That's how that works. Uh, physics, whatnot. So the SUV misses her, and we're like, oh, phew. wake up call. She's going to be fine for me. No, there's a semi, and it fucking, it's the same one that probably hits Sandy and Rebecca, and it's out for blood, and it hits Kirsten Horde. Why is the biggest truck called the semi truck? Wouldn't that be full truck, and then yeah. other trucks should be semi truck? Yes. Who do we write? Who do, who's the truck lobbyist we need to get in on this? I think we write my agent and say, I'm ready for my 45-minute special with jokes like that. <laughs> is it all? It's just an hour-long lecture on yeah. semi? Also, it's, it's an hour-long special that I'm just going to leave with 15 minutes left. <laughs> well, that, I like that. Give the people what they want. Here's your time back. Reclaim it. There is something about TV shows and movies that cannot just have uh, an, an, a crash that would result in a minor injury. Mm-mm. Everyone always gets minor injuries, but the crash must be something that would murder anyone over and over again. It flips a thousand times and pings on every light pole like she's a ping, uh, fucking pinball. It parkours down the street. <laughs> like Roy Harper would. <laughs> like Roy Harper? Who the fuck is that? Roof to roof. He would fit in well here. Uh, and then I assume she's dead. The credits roll. Everybody says, oh, that one was also associate produced by Ben Kunde. Interesting. <laughs> Dude, we have not talked about Ben Kunde in a long time. <laughs> it's my favorite name. I miss him. It's my least favorite name because that means that this episode of The OC is over. As Every time I see his stupid name. Um, now, you said that you have seen the next episode, but I'm going to assume that was a long time ago. Yes. Um, so you probably don't remember. But if you had to guess right now, if you had to bet, if we're placing bets, Kirsten dead? Kirsten in a wheelchair? Kirsten probably. Christopher Reeves, perhaps? Yes. Um, I just, no stakes whatsoever. Like, definitely more concerned about what will happen with Kirsten and Sandy's marriage mm-hmm. than with Kirsten's life. Yeah, it's interesting that there's certain characters you go, oh, they will die. And other characters are like, there's no way. Yeah, there's just no way. Uh, at any given point, your your Olivers, your Jesses, your Trays, you're like, when are you going to die? Because you will die. <laughs> In fact, we should just have people driving semis wherever they are. To knock Just them the fuck out. in the background playing the Jaws theme song. <laughs> that crash with the SUV that almost happened, that would have been like a normal crash that happens in real life that mm-hmm. people get a little fucked up and then recover from. I cannot believe the James Bond-esque uh, Universal Studios stunt show that they put her through. <laughs> There's jet skis flying, flare guns going. Uh, that, that's, the, that's all the show. We need to transition well, to awards. Yeah, I can tell it's the end of the show because we're... We're talking about Ben Kundis, so one of us should actually look up what his name is. Yeah, uh, Ben, uh, not going to get talked about anymore. What is your magical musical momentical of the week, Ryan? My magical musical moment is now the end credits. The it's like the reprise of the of the main theme, uh-huh. uh, where we do get to see Ben's name, and no. This is not because I didn't think of one. This is what I had planned to say all along. Mike, I'm a professional podcaster, and this is how I do. That's a pretty good one. I think one that's slightly better is uh, a song called 2214 by the Album Leaf. Uh, it's while Kirsten's at a bar. It's very They're a mainly instrumental band. It's very like atmospheric and, and thought-provoking. Uh, they're great for writing to or reading to. Uh, it's, I'm just shoving another one of my bands. also happens to be in the show, so fuck you. What's the name of the band? The Album Leaf. The album leaf. Oh, but her necklace is a feather, not a leaf, yes. right? Because that'd be a little too on the it's nose. Not the album feather. And it's called 2214. 
2214, yes. Is, is that some song. bullshit? Because that's the that's the time that the song starts on on the album? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> It's annoying. When you're an instrumental band, any title feels pretentious. <laughs> I, if I was an instrumental band, I would name every single song, yeah, because yeah. that's what I would say at the end of every song. Uh, the, the Explosions of the Sky, one of my favorite bands, they have one that's called like The Last Crush After the Fall. I'm like, fuck you. All you do is, new, 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 new. Like, wh- how are you going to name that? That's got to be the best part about being in one of those bands, though, right? Is you all just sit around and try to name the song at like the like the coolest, most metal thing you can think of. Yeah, you you write the album in a week, and then the next year and a half is just f- screaming fights about what you're going to name the album and the songs. The red fox at dawn bleeds human blood. <laughs> okay, I'm intrigued. Let's figure out why. What is your sandy wisdom? My Sandy Wisdom is actually what we talked about earlier with the whole, um, is it cool if we just, for like one second, pay attention to this crisis that we have in front of us and tr- instead of trying to handle all of them half-assedly at the same time? Mm-hmm. You know, The obvious Sandy Wisdom is, is, of course, don't drive drunk. He says it in such a way where it sounds like he came up with <laughs> like it. Nobody had said it before. But he still has to say it because Kirsten doesn't fucking listen. He says pull over. He, she doesn't even sound drunk. He just knows. Yeah. Bitch, I bet you have been pounding them hard. Pull over. But no, I also like the whole, I can't I can't be everywhere at once. Yeah. Uh, mine is he when he brings her breakfast in bed because he's like, should be angry, but it's also one of those things that's hard to be angry at someone for a drinking problem. So he's like trying to ease in breakfast in bed. And he's just like, survey yourself, like, I'm worried how much you've been drinking. And then when she gets upset, she, he's like, well, we do live together. Of course I've been watching. <laughs> like, it's yeah. hard. It doesn't make me like a paranoid Howard Hughesian, <laughs> you know, security cam watcher. We live together. What is your orange couture? My orange couture is Marissa's first outfit, which is midriff, of course. Goes without saying. Um, and it's, it's this bright orange shirt on a show called The O.C. Like, orange is very important to these people. But it, the thing that sells it, I think, the thing that sells it as exactly 2005, 2006 era Orange County is the sash belt. Yeah. You know, what, for whatever reason, we needed a big, like, gypsy looking sash belt. Or I'm sorry, whatever they're supposed to be called. A Romani style belt. <laughs> That's worse somehow. Uh, mine is uh, Summer has this weird, like, bathrobe material pink purple half blouse. Uh, it looks like it really looks like someone made a, a lounging robe and then cut it very short. And she's like, "I'm wearing it to school." Fuck you guys. I wish Summer was on the runway modeling that, and the person who was doing the voiceover called in sick, and they were, you had to replace them. So coming up next is she's wearing some dumb fucking towel. This is that a towel? I think it's a towel that Partial with like a, a ribbon. What is your comics connection? My comics connection is, um, I have a couple. One, Jesse Hyman, who played um, the winking comic book nerd, one of Seth's comic book uh, crew members, um, was in two episodes of Powerless. Of course. Do you remember Powerless, Mike? Unfortunately, I do. Powerless is a show that I have seen every episode of. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. What's it like to be you? I also have a runner-up, but we'll see what you do. Uh, Mine is, it's... I was just surprised Julie knows this. Uh, Come on. Said, this, is this that famous? Would Julie Cooper know Fortress of Solitude? I don't know. I think she might know Lex Luthor but, and call Cal that, but she says Cal is locked up in his emotional Fortress of Solitude. Like Maybe her and Jimmy, their first date was <laughs> fucking Superman. Marissa wouldn't know, would she? No. I, don't, I just don't know like what is mainstream. Like I mean, like mainstream, mainstream, but what is not. Like, yeah. 
People it got know really weird kryptonite where she's like, is. just drink your bottle of candor, hang out with Crypto the dog. You're like, wait, is Julia a nerd? Uh, kryptonite is a big one. Yes, Fortress of Solitude, one. I don't think it is. No. Uh, your Atwood's got Atwood. Although, sorry, one sec. I don't know if I ever put it together about of, like how much Cal Caleb Nichols is based on Lex Luthor. Oh, for like, sure. Look at him. Even God damn his it. His name it, is Cal, named after Superman. Right. Um, my Atwood's got an Atwood is we've, we've talked so much about, uh, Jess Slattery, Mm -hmm. something like that. Um, and she just loves like walking into Ryan's pathway and just standing there and like honking his wiener and doing a whole sort of like weird things. Um, but at the very beginning, the first time that he sees her, uh, he's like, she's like, Hey Ryan. He's like, Hey, and Jess is like, Oh, I'm. I'm from the pool and floater girl. And he's like, oh, oh yeah. Right. You forgot who this was. <laughs> you jumped into a pool to save this girl's life. Just did not look at her face at any yeah. point. <laughs> my, my, what's got at what is uh, at the end of that conversation when she wants a pencil and goes for his dick, he still gives her the pencil yeah. <laughs> like anybody else. Like he's just too chivalrous for his own good. <laughs> Why don't you pour another one, Kirsten? I mean, again, how are we going to do this? I have a feeling that very soon we're going to have to lose this award. Mm-hmm. Um, probably because Kirsten died in that insane <laughs> car crash. Um, but, for I mean, the whole episode was, why don't you pour another one, Kirsten? This is the second episode in a row that is basically it. But I will, um, you know, give it to the fact that she wants to get home and make up with Sandy and probably make out with Sandy so bad that she just floors it to the max and drops her phone everywhere. Uh, mine is when Sandy's like, we got to talk. And she goes, I need more water. <laughs> and goes to get vodka. <laughs> Last and not least, what is your high noon at Meta Mountain? My high noon at Meta Mountain is when Summer goes in to scream at Reed. Um, she is in the comic book store and she's walking past a wall. An entire wall of comic books. Mike, do you know what all those comic books are? What? It's very weird. It sort of stood out. It is, they're all Archie, Betty, and Veronica comic books. Really? While Summer is going after this person and saying, uh, like screaming about the love triangle, or sort of love square yeah. that they're all involved in. Love uh, but no, business square? I would say that Summer is the Archie here and mm-hmm. trying to protect her status with <laughs> Jughead, or I'm sorry, with Betty and Veronica, make sure that they still stay in love with her. Uh, mine is from the comics as well. Is uh, one of the things we get Seth to regale us with from is uh, one of the demonic water polo players says, "Welcome to Atomic County, bitch," mm-hmm. and putting that in there. It's very Valley. But wouldn't they have said, "Welcome to the AC, bitch"? They should have. And then yeah. this is how we do it in Atomic County. Yeah. So they forgot their own fucking line. Idiots. That is finally the end of the showdown, Ryan. Wait, come on. There's got to be more to talk about next week. Nope. I mean, I'm sure we could. I believe in us. We should, We have not dug nearly enough into Robin Hood or Superman, Christopher Reeves, uh, as much as I would like. But I, I want to say thank you to you. Thank you to the listeners for going on this little journey with us. Thank you to the Holophonics. And thank you, Ryan, again, for reading this next commercial. Sure. Uh, what do you want to do? Websites? Yeah. Your popfilter.com is the best place to go to to get everything that is me and Mike and our associates. We have podcasts, we have articles, we have reviews. Everything you need is yourpopfilter.com. No slash whatsoever, unless you want to put a slash and then put a slash and then type Amazon after that. 
That will be your new Amazon bookmark. If you order things from that, then we will, Amazon will cut us a little check. Guys, they're not paying taxes to the uh, government. So should they not be paying taxes to us? Yes. I think yes. Also, the government is not paying us taxes. No. Why don't What the fuck? Send us a check, government. Idiots. You're so big. Um, And then finally, go to patreon.com, patreon.com slash your pop filter. That is the best way to support us. Choose a tier there. Um, We often recommend the $5 tier. Mm -hmm. Uh, $1 is insulting. I mean, thank you. (laughs) you. It's insulting to you. you. Yeah, uh, ten dollar is more than we deserve. So pick that five dollar one, and that would we would love that. Uh, if you want to hear more, of course, uh, it really does help out. Subscribe, rate, and review the OCD. Tell your friends about it. Uh, you're all trapped at home anyway. Start watching it. It's on Hulu. Have this killer commentary. Uh, we also have other shows, the Superhero Show Show, where our friend Cassie leads us through every single comic book based TV show a week. And then there's Movie of the Year, where our uh, he says best friend, but Nemesis Greg makes Ron and I fight and talk about a movie of any given year. That's it, right? That's it. Uh, yeah, I think so. How could they contact us? Um, you can email us, contact at yourpotfilter.com if you have some opinions about our opinions. Okay, Or you could just start a show called The OCDD where you talk about all this stuff. And does Kirsten need a ride home? And if she needs a ride home because she's drunk, should she call her OCDD? Is I guess and one it's and that's one example of an email that you could send. There are millions more examples. I don't need to go through all of them right now. You don't. Most of you guys know how emails could be different than <laughs> that one that I just said. Uh, whatever it is, contact at yourpopfilter dot com. Uh, you could also go easier at yourpopfilter on Twitter or on Instagram. Ryan, do you want to finally hear what we're talking about next week? Uh, the showdown part four. No. Seth and Zach squabble over who should take Summer to the prom and who will meet George Lucas for dinner over publishing their graphic novel. Meanwhile, Sandy takes drastic actions with a recovering Kirsten. Ryan starts to piece together what happened between Trey and Marissa. And, uh, Julie decides to murder Caleb. All that and more on next week's The OCD. Until then, stay gay, dads, and get me those Green Lantern JPEGs later. California! Yeah.